My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Now, on today's episode, I want to define some terms for you. I want to go into some concepts that I am going to refer to during this season. I'm going to refer to in the future. I basically refer to these concepts in my work all the time, so it's important that we lay some ground rules, right? So I want to talk about confidence. I want to talk about belief. I want to talk about the difference between the two. And I also want to talk about resistance, resistance with a capital R. And you'll know what I'm talking about if you're a Stephen Pressfield fan. If you are not, then, well, maybe you will be by the end of this episode, but I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Um, confidence and belief are two separate things. And I think confidence is a component, a key component of belief, but there is a key difference between the two. And now confidence is really defined as a feeling that you can trust or rely on something happening, right? It is faith that you will succeed if you do these things. And confidence is very, very important. If you're not confident in the work you're doing, you're not going to do it. It's really pretty simple. But belief, on the other hand, is something much more profound than that. I think belief is the confidence that what you're doing is going to work with also the knowledge, the faith that it's the right thing. And so you take confidence, as I just defined it, and you add to it the alignment I've talked to you about before on this podcast over the past couple of episodes. Are you doing the right things for the right people, the right ways for the right reasons? When you have that alignment and you add to it the confidence, the certainty, the relative certainty anyway, that what you're doing is going to be effective, now you have belief. And, you know, if you want to think about it this way, confidence is maybe what you have in tomorrow's weather forecast. Um, the confidence in that weather forecast goes down by an order of measure when you're on a golf trip, but I digress. Um, you may have confidence in the weather forecast for tomorrow afternoon, but you believe that the sun is going to rise in the morning right? Like, look, I'm confident that it's going to be sunny and 70 degrees tomorrow afternoon, wherever you are. Um, but um, if it doesn't turn out to be, then okay, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, things happen, things change, whether people, you know, get this stuff wrong all the time. But all of a sudden, you believe that the, the, the sun is going to come up tomorrow, whether or not you can see it. If that didn't happen, that would shake you foundationally, that would wreck you to your core. All of a sudden, something that you have counted on every single day, literally every single day of your life, everybody you have ever met in their life and everybody you will, you will ever meet in their lifetime. That is a certainty. And when that doesn't happen, all of a sudden, something bigger is wrong, right? So it's not just the magnitude of that feeling that is the difference between confidence and belief. It is the, um, the, the confidence plus that alignment, that knowing, the alignment of knowing that the right thing is supposed to happen as a result of this confidence. So think about that as, as you're out there selling. Now, maybe someone gives you a playbook and they say, look, if you say these words in this order, we see this on LinkedIn and social media all the time, the, the email tutorials and the, the criticisms and you know things like that. Let me show you how to fix this. If you say this this way, you will get a better result. Okay, I have confidence. 
But where most salespeople get held up is despite that confidence, they don't have belief. So you can't have belief without the alignment. You can have all the confidence in the world, but you can't have belief without the alignment. So that's the, that's the dichotomy that I want to get into here and that I want to let you know of, right? And, you know, look, you, you go to sales training and companies provide sales training with the hope or in the hope that it's going to spill over into some confidence. It's going to provide you with some confidence in some way, shape, or form. But unless there's belief there, your reps, or maybe you, if you're listening to this, are not going to actually do the work despite how confident they are uh, in that technique, that it will work. So appreciate that difference there. Now, why are confidence and belief, why is belief so important? Um, Well, that's what you need to have in order to overcome resistance. And um, I first learned about the concept of resistance probably 10 years ago. Uh, I read The Icarus Deception by Uh, Seth Godin, one of the best books you can ever read, one of my top five non-sales books for salespeople, because it encourages you to do your best work. It defines the work that we do as sales professionals as art, and I think that's an important way to look at it. It's not a stretch. There is the science of selling. There is the art of selling, and the art of selling is what you bring to the table. You're the secret ingredient in your own success, and this book really encouraged me to do that, to kind of let go of my limiting beliefs, or some of them anyway, uh, to really let myself show up in the best way possible. But Seth Godin refers to Stephen Pressfield, and Stephen Pressfield introduced this concept of resistance in The War of Art. And um, I'm going to read from his work here and kind of help define it. Um, Pressfield says, resistance cannot be seen, heard, touched, or smelled, but it can be felt. We experience it as an energy field radiating from a work in potential. Resistance is a repelling force. It's negative. Its aim is to shove us away, distract us, prevent us from doing our work. And it shows up in a lot of ways, in a lot of places. And, and he goes on, he says, listen, the following is a list in no particular order of these activities that are most commonly elicit resistance. And I'm not going to read them all here. He's got uh, a dozen of them, but the pursuit of any calling in writing, painting, film, dance, or any creative art, however marginal or unconventional, education of every kind, any course or program designed to overcome an unwholesome habit or addiction, the undertaking of any enterprise or endeavor whose aim it is to help others, any act that entails commitment to the heart, any taking of any principled stand in the face of adversity. In other words, any act that rejects immediate gratification in favor of long-term growth, health, or integrity. Expressed another way, any act that derives from our higher nature instead of our lower, any of these acts will elicit resistance. Pressfield thinks about resistance and defines it as that force that stops us from being a better version of ourselves. Think about that. And think about what you need to do to flip that, that vicious cycle that I mentioned a few episodes ago, to flip that into the virtuous cycle of your best performance. When I go back and I think about that vicious cycle, it is the representation in a sales standpoint, really outside of sales too, but that doubt to failure to shame to doubt to failure to shame cycle, that is resistance. And I mean, how does that show up for you as a sales rep? It shows up as the fear of failure, shows up as the fear of success, 
shows up as the fear of being judged by the LinkedIn police, or it shows up as the fear of the culture that we've set up for ourselves. Because there's so many do's and do nots. And when you have that many do nots, it feels like there are no do's that are left. When everybody's telling you, when so many people are telling you that you're doing this wrong, it feels like there's not a way to do it right. Or it feels like you have to be perfect. It feels like you have to find that sliver of hope that no one else can see. And that makes what you do incredibly difficult to execute. This looks like the Sunday scaries. This looks like drinking too much. This looks like call reluctance. This looks like being mediocre. This looks like a lack of creativity, a lack of authenticity. This looks like handcuffs. And in sales, sometimes those handcuffs are golden, which makes us feel bad about even wanting to get rid of them. Think about how many of those things I just listed sound familiar. So how do you overcome resistance? Well, you shut off those voices. You shut off that, that insidious feeling. You acknowledge it, but you shut it off. You choose to move through it. Here's the thing. You can't move around it because resistance is created and projected by us. And I think it's important to note, too, the amount of resistance, the size of the resistance that we each feel. And oh yeah, we all feel it. If you are a human being with a beating heart and a body and any kind of a mission or purpose at all, you will feel resistance to it. And the size of that resistance is directly related to the size of the win on the other side of it. So the more, the more intense that feeling is, uh, the more important it is that you move through it. But only if you want to do your very best work. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show. So I want you to think about the way that you have to engage this. And it's really interesting. The way that you overcome resistance is by just sitting down and doing the work. Pressfield calls this turning professional, right? And I'm just going to, I'll list the links to check these out here. I don't get an affiliate, for, uh, you know, commission or anything for it, but his work is really, really valuable. But check out Turning Pro, check out Do the Work, check out The Artist's Journey, and check out, of course, uh, The Art of War. But as I was thinking about how to overcome resistance, it's really interesting. Um, it's the same framework, essentially, that I train for objection handling. It's EAR, right? E-A-R. One, check your ego. That's the E. Uh, understand that resistance is going to happen. And the more of it you feel, that probably means that there's more gravity to this win than you may realize. The A in EAR is for acknowledge it. Right? Acknowledge what this is. Acknowledge what is stepping in your in your way, what is standing in your way, and acknowledge you know what you will win by overcoming it. And then the R in ear is return to the problem. 
What is the problem that you want to solve? Why is it so valuable? Why is it so important that this resistance is showing up in such a significant way? And what I think is really interesting is when you can level with yourself, when you can be truthful to yourself, when you can look yourself in the mirror and say, look, this is in my way. I need to work through it. I need to work with it in order to work through it. And the only way through it is to do the work. I think that is really, really valuable. And, and I think being able to have that conversation uh, with yourself is necessary. So as you sit down to do that work, recognize here that what you essentially need to do is, well, you have, well, let me, let me back up a second. You have a choice. You always have a choice. And I go back to that cycle I talked about when you're in that, that, that cycle of doubt and failure and shame, you have three choices. You can accept mediocrity, which means you're not going to face this resistance. You're just going to be okay being stuck. And what, that is a miserable place to be. Your second option is to stop doing what you're doing. Go find something else. Um, and, and avoid this resistance altogether. But re, re, you know, recall what I just told you. If you have a purpose or a mission or a task to do at all, there is going to be some resistance to overcome. That is a fact of life. So you're essentially trading this resistance for another. That might be good for you, but you cannot avoid it altogether. Or your third choice is to face this resistance, to lean into it, and to see what's on the other side. And the only way that you do that is when you recognize that the pain of the status quo is greater than the pain of transition into something better. And so when I put it into those terms, now all of a sudden we've got a sale to make with ourselves. So that should make it feel a little more tangible to you. That should make it feel a little more familiar to you. And um, if I haven't gone totally meta at this point, <laughs> it made you think about a lot of things at the same time, then I probably haven't done my job here. But I, I want you to appreciate these concepts for what they are. So when you believe in what you have to do so much that you are willing to stare down resistance, so much that you are willing to do the work, so much that you are willing to be diligent in the face of this adversity, that is how you step through that shadow. That is how you step through that transition. That is how you step through to that higher plane, that better version of yourself. You can accept mediocrity, but let's be real. You didn't come here to be mediocre. Nobody who listens to podcasts came here to be mediocre. And my challenge to you is to do the work. So as we roll through, as we continue to go through this season, um, you're going to hear stories about people facing this resistance, about when people made the decision to do it the way they felt it needed to be done or to get out. In the next episode, I'm going to share with you my story. I'm going to share with you my sales origin story. I'm going to share with you the moment I decided that I was either going to commit or I was gone. And I think, you know, I mean, we're sitting here today. I made the commitment and it worked out really well for me. Um, I'm also going to share with you right now that, you know, I've faced this resistance, this demon head on over the past six months. And it has been hell. But I'm also here to tell you that the work that you're hearing now, the work that you're going to hear on this podcast, the work that you're going to see me do over the next six months, 12 months to a year, 
That's the very best work I've ever done because I'm willing to lean into this adversity because I'm willing to see the opportunity and the obstacle. All these things run together. That's not coincidental. So I hope you're here for the ride. I hope you're here to take this journey with me. I hope you're here to share your thoughts. Um, look, if you've got comments you'd like to make, if you want to share some of your story, shoot me a message, jb at jeffbajorek.com. I appreciate this because look, we're all going through it and life is a team sport. We're better together. So if you've got something you want to share, hit me up. Let's talk about it. I'm going to dig into so many more of these concepts as we go throughout this season, but I'm glad that we had some time today, uh, you know, for 15 minutes or so to dig into what these terms mean and give you some context for how they show up on a daily basis. Thanks so much again for being here. I can't wait to talk to you again. And the next episode is coming real soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.